Hey guys, I've been holding off on recording this introduction because I've been sick all week and I was hoping my voice would not sound like death, but <laughs> it just keep getting worse. So I apologize for this terrible sounding voice and hopefully you don't catch my man cold through your speakers or headphones. But today, it's actually a great episode, recorded it before I was sick, so you won't have to deal with this voice all episode. But today I sit down with the host of the Family Life radio program, David Ann Wilson, to talk about their new book, No Perfect Parents. It's a really great book, really great conversation. We also talk a lot about marriage too. So we'll cover both parenting and marriage topics on this episode. Just a quick reminder that our family leadership program is going to start a new cohort this week. We started, we opened it back up. So if you want to jump into that, if you feel like you need some practical help on how to lead your family well, go to dadtire.com forward slash lead, L-E-A-D, and you can jump into the next cohort that's going to start this week. Before we dive into all of that, though, I want to thank my friends over at Hia Health for sponsoring today's episode. I know some of you dads listening may not be giving too much thought about the vitamins that your kids are taking, or maybe you just leave it up to your wife to make those decisions, but I want to challenge you to give this some thought. Hyatt Health was actually started by two dads who realized the vitamins they were giving their kids were essentially sugar-filled candy in disguise, so they decided to do something about it. Did you know that 93% of kids don't eat enough fruits and vegetables? And we all know that what kids eat instead are chicken fingers, mac and cheese, processed foods, ice cream, and more. And the vitamins that are supposed to fill in those nutritional gaps are based on out-of-date nutritional guidelines from the 1980s. Hyatt fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full-body nourishment our kids need with a yummy taste they love. My kids absolutely love these vitamins. They're made from 12 farm-fresh fruits and vegetables and supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals known to help support a healthy immune system, energy levels, brain function, mood, teeth, bones, and more. Most children's vitamins are filled with 5 grams of sugar and can cause a variety of health issues. Haya is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk, yet it tastes great and is perfect for picky eaters. It's non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine. It's manufactured here in the United States with globally sourced ingredients, each selected for optimal bioavailability and absorption. We've worked out an exclusive offer with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Dad-tired listeners receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com forward slash dad tired or enter the code dad tired at checkout. That's H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash dad tired. HayaHealth.com slash dad tired and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Again, go to HayaHealth.com forward slash dad tired or enter the promo code dad tired at checkout. Hello. Good to hey. see you guys. You too. I like the uh the book posters and guitars in the background. You guys got a nice little background. Yeah, you know, it's our- when your kids grow up, you can convert your bedrooms. <laughs> I was literally thinking about that yesterday. Like, what really? will I do with all this space once it's freed up? I know, it's kind of crazy. Although we just had our grandkids in last week and so it was full to the brim. Yeah. In fact, we shut this door and said Keep your hands off the guitars. Yeah. That was not as easy. How many grandkids do you guys have? Six. Yeah, six. We just did a little vacation at the lake last week with all six of them. It was really, it was fun. They're all under six years old. So it was crazy. Chaos. Chaos. Six. How many couples produced those six grandkids? Oh, we have four in uh, Colorado. Okay. 
two biological kids and two that they're adopting and then two here. Okay. And our oldest son has no kids. Okay. So you have a, remind me your kids, you have a son and then three sons, three sons. Okay. Three sons, 35, 33 and 30. 35, 33. Okay. The oldest, no kids yet. The other two. And then did all of them go to the lake house? Yeah. Yes. They all did. Wow. We were there for almost the whole week, about five days. Interesting having older kids now with their kids is how they critique each other's parenting styles. Do you do that? Like you, what siblings do you have? I have three older sisters. I have a pretty dysfunctional family. So only one is like a full-blooded same mom and same dad. She's actually, she's not been able to conceive yet with something we've been praying for, Mm. for a long time. So yeah, I don't have that. Like the only other kids I'm around are, you know, friends, kids, and it's kind of, you know, a no, no to tell your friends how to parent. (laughs) Yeah. Not allowed. Well, it's well, the same thing with brothers. Trust yeah, me. They too. don't tell each other. They come to us. Oh, which afterwards. Is, like, can you believe how controlling he is? And can you believe how his kid wanders down the street and he doesn't even know where he is? How do you respond to that? We just listen. Like, you know, everybody has their own parenting style. We used to totally judge our siblings thinking their kids are going to be drug addicts and in jail. And they're amazing kids. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of give, giving each other grace, you know, how much of it is it hard for you not to parent like your kids as they're parenting, you know, when you're around for a few days, and you're like, oh, man, if you guys just did this, it probably oh, would help. Yes. Yeah. But we it's don't we hard. don't say anything, but we think it. Yeah. And then <laughs> you guys sort of we sort of learn. Yeah. <laughs> you don't say anything to your adult kids unless they ask. We put that, I think, in the last couple of chapters of the book. It's like, you know, when you have adult kids, they don't want your advice unless they ask you for it. (laughs) And then they don't even want it either. Although the one, like Austin just said the other day, if you see anything that we're doing that you think, hey, you guys might want to think through this a little bit. That's good. Please let us know. So that was, that's cool. By the way, we're in, we're recording. I'm going to use all of this if it's it's okay. We're recording right now. We're recording. This is Mm. it. I didn't give you any forewarning, but we're just like, (laughs) this is all good stuff. This is all part of, for us young dads, this is really helpful for us. But I remember I was staying at one of my mentors. We had just had our first. So Elijah, he's our old, I have four kids, a 10 year old, all the way down to five months old. And we had just had Elijah and we were staying we went to like a little vacation home. Some mentors invited us there. And I have no idea what I'm doing as a parent still, but I especially didn't know what I was doing then. And we just parented the whole weekend. And then when we got back, he was like, Hey man, you mind if I just share a little bit, you know, like observations. And I was like, please, you know, and I thought the weekend went great. I was like, this is, you know, my son did wonderful. We did wonderful. And he just really spoke like, Hey, you probably shouldn't do this and you should do this. And you should. And it was just so helpful for me as a young dad to like hear where I was like, I mean, they call them blind spots for a reason, right? You just think I had no idea that. So I feel like if I had you guys as parents, I would be like, please tell me all the time where I'm failing here. (laughs) Well, we didn't write a book called perfect parents. It's called no perfect parents. (laughs) So it's not very perfect. Yeah. And we're now we're figuring out our role too with adult kids, what that looks like. Yeah. I'm sure that's a whole, when you were a young couple, and you were just having kids. Mm-hmm. What a uh, younger, I should say. I mean, you guys are. A young yeah, couple. say younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you were a younger <laughs> couple and you were just having kids, did you have like a strategic vision? I mean, I imagine being at a lake house with your kids and grandkids. There's got to be something in you that's just like, thank you, Lord. 
Like this is a blessing. Oh. You know, your kids are oh. together. Your grandkids are there. Did you have a vision of that when you were younger? We wanted that. We desired that. We prayed for that. But we had never really seen that. I had a great family, great parents, but there was no spiritual aspect. Mm. And so to have both was something that we were trying to figure out. And we really longed for that. Yeah. I mean, for me, yeah, I dreamed of it. I never envisioned it could happen. I mean, I come from two alcoholic parents. They got divorced when I was seven. My dad had girlfriends in the house. I mean, it was wow. pretty abusive and pretty bad. So it was just my mom and I, after the divorce from seven years old growing up, and you talk about dysfunctional, I don't think I've talked to my, I have two older brothers and a sister. I haven't talked to them in a year, two mm. years. Mm. Uh, I talked to my sister, what, a couple months ago, and it was the first time I talked to her in three years. So, and again, I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying, man, there's no real family gathering. Anne's family does that. And I love that about her when, you know, when we got married, I'm like, wow, I have a dad. I have a have brothers. Yeah. They get together. They talk every week. Yeah. Um, it isn't that we don't like each other. It's just, there wasn't really any structure to say we are a family. So to right. sit at that lake house, and it wasn't our lake house. It's a buddy's house. Yeah. You know, they let us use and look out on the yard and see my sons and their kids it's like, thank you, Jesus, for changing our legacy. Because, mm. and again, it's not a perfect legacy in any ways, but I, we did dream when we first got married, we did dream that we could, at least I did, let's change the Wilson legacy from alcohol yeah. and adultery and divorce to a solid Christian foundation where we stay married and our kids, you know, and again, we're not hoping for perfection, but, you know, sitting there literally on the deck, it was like, you could almost tear up. It's like, look at what yeah. God's done. Yeah. And he's doing even now through our grandkids. I wish I would have had a lot more grace for Dave in his days of being a young dad. I wish he would have too. <laughs> yeah, he's like, Man. I didn't have much grace for her either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think as young parents, you have expectations of your kids, of mm. what they'll be like. You have expectations of your spouse, of what they'll be like as a parent. And I had a dad that was super involved and he was doing, and Dave was great. He was great at playing, but I had unrealistic expectations and I would put those on him. You know, he'd never seen it. He'd never been around it. Neither yeah. one of us grew up in the church. And so it's been cool just to watch him grow personally and me, like in our walks with God, I was totally messed up. I have sexual abuse in my background, mm, mm. but I think it's been cool to give each other grace and to let each other grow in their parenting as well and to but, encourage each other. Yeah. That's so helpful. Cause we actually just did a, a podcast where it was titled like if you and your spouse are on different pages spiritually mm. and you know, we're a ministry for dads, but we have so many moms who are like, how do I help my husband be yeah. the dad that I, that I want him to be the spiritual yeah. leader of our home. We have a lot of moms who sneak in here. I know they're <laughs> listening right now. They like to say, we just want to be a fly <clears throat> on the wall so I can hear what you guys are talking about. But I know that there are a lot of you know, moms and wives, women who are listening, who just, I think that'll be helpful for them to hear mm. even just the one line. I wish I would have given my husband a little bit more grace. Yeah. You know, well, it, I mean, it's interesting. We've talked about this more in our marriage book, vertical marriage, but we tell a story and this really was a pivotal moment in our marriage. I think that also influenced our parenting Anne was asked to speak at our church to our mops group, mm -hmm. mothers of preschoolers. And she said, Hey, why don't you come with me and give a dad or, you know, a husband's perspective? And I'm like, okay. 
And I'm Why like, not? hey, what like, what do you want to talk about? He's like, I don't know. Let's just wing it. And I knew the women would love it because, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's the pastor. And so he just gets up and starts sharing this stuff. I'm like, I don't even know what he's saying. And he goes, women, I don't know if you know this, but as boys, usually someone cheered for us as little kids. He's mm. a coach or teacher, parent or whatever, but they're cheering. He goes, and it was awesome. We love that. And then he goes, I, I was a college quarterback. So I have fans cheering for me, you know, as a quarterback. And then I meet Ann. And she basically says, of all the men in the world, I choose you, Dave Wilson. You're the man. And she's cheering for me. And I'm sitting on this stool thinking, I have never heard him say any of this. <laughs> and so then he goes, and you know what happens, ladies, after you've been married a while? Here's what happens. We walk in the door at the end of a long day. And you know what happens? All we hear is, boo, mm. boo. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, are you kidding me? Like, are you serious right now? I, I remember, you know, when I was doing that, she was over on the stool and I got all animated. I'm up, you know, on the, yeah, yeah, on you the got stage. Into it. Yeah. And I did the boo thing and I look over and she's just, she gives me this look like what in the world? Again, it was one of those moments where it's like, Oh crap, this is going to be a long drive home. Anyway, long story short, cause it's a long story. We did a whole section of our book on the booing thing, but we get in the car and she's like, do you feel like I boo you? Mm. And I'm like, well, obviously not literally. But I was like, I am helping. Yeah, you. that's what she said. She even said, I'm your Holy Spirit. No, I'm like, yeah, I said, I'm helping the Holy Spirit. <laughs> she said she was the Holy Spirit. But anyway, all I know is it led to this discussion about how I did feel like other areas of my life. It felt like people were cheering for me, you know, yeah. not literally, but as a pastor and as a, the Detroit Lions chaplain, I walk in the locker room. It's like they thought I was good. And they said, man, you're yeah. good. And yeah. it felt like cheering for me. And I said, I feel like when I come home, I'm not good. And all I hear is critique and mm. you're not doing this. And as a dad, I got to the point where I felt like I'm not her dad, who was great. And I yep. knew him and he was what my high school baseball coach. So I knew her dad. And he was a great guy, but I was like, I can't measure up. And so what I found myself doing, which I shouldn't have done, but I just pulled back. I'm like, okay, if I'm not any good, if I can never measure up. If I don't change the diaper right, or I don't discipline right, or I don't lead our home spiritually the way you want us to lead our home spiritually. Trust me, I heard that one a lot. I just sort of quit. I never said I'm quitting, but I just sort of pulled back. And then she's mad that I'm passive. And again, I'm not blaming it on her because it was yeah. my decision to do that. But here's all the reason I'm telling you this. That started a conversation that changed the way she talked to me. I mm. mean, and again, it didn't change in a week or a month, but over the next year, she became a cheerleader for me. She started speaking words of life. I mean, Proverbs 18, 21 says the tongue has the power of life and death. Yeah. And I felt like the boo words were death. She started speaking life. She started affirming me saying I was good. I, I, I tell before you, Jared, I would say things like, you know, Steve, the other pastor, <laughs> he reads the Bible every night to his kids. Yes. <laughs> they have these amazing <laughs> devotions and I'm not that kind of spiritual leader. I'm a totally different. So anyway, all I know is she stopped doing that. She started speaking life. And at first I didn't even believe her. I'm like, you yeah. never said I'm good at this. What are you lying right now? What's going on? Mm -hmm. All I know is she's just continued to when I did something well, affirm it and encourage me and not discourage me. Here's what I can tell you. It changed me. Mm. I got motivated to become the man she said I was, but I really wasn't yet. But she was saying I was. And I, I mean, I, I became a better dad. I really mm. did because she 
sort of help coach me. So I would say to any moms that are seeing maybe the words you're saying, not changing your husband much, try a different tactic, you know, and yeah. try to affirm him. I would and say speak life. And I bet you, cause you know, Jared, we are insecure men. And when somebody totally. says we're good at something, it rises us up. Like <laughs> I'm good at this. I'm going to do it again. And I'm yep. going to, I'm going to give you more than I've ever given you. And I would say to the men, Dave had never shared that with me ever. Like, because he's yeah, just except good- the first time you're hearing it is on stage <laughs> ah, yeah. in front of everyone. That's yeah. typically how it works. In our it, is kind of, it is how yeah. it works actually. Yeah. But I think men tend to be, I feel like men generally are good hearted and generous. If you talk to men and women, I would say women critique way more than men mm. critique their spouse way less men critique their spouse way less and complain less to their spouse, their wives. That's just a general observation. That's a general, yeah, yeah. But, right? But it might I, not be true, but I'm around women and wives all the time, man. We do it all the time. Like yeah. you do this. And so <laughs> I think I'm neither agreeing nor disagreeing. I'm just <laughs> taking your information. And <laughs> but I think it would be good. I, I wish that Dave would have told me that earlier. Yeah. You know, it feels like and say it in a way and the timing has to be right and whatever, but it feels like you don't think I'm doing anything right because I honestly thought my critique would motivate him and it doesn't. I mean, here's something crazy. I was with seven of the guys that I do life with around that time and we were on a trip and I said to the guys, I said, hey, let me ask you a question. Do you feel like your wife loves you? Every guy we're in a car, a van. Every guy said, oh, yeah. And I know all their wives. I know their kids. Yeah. I said, let me ask you another question. Do you feel like your wife likes you? Mm. Seven guys said no. Wow. He's always trying to change me. I think she's sort of disappointed with me. And I'm like, wow, wow that's what I felt. I'll tell you this now. I feel like Anne not only loves me, she likes me. She mm. really does. She's my biggest cheerleader. Yeah. And it's changed me as a husband, as a man, and as a dad. But I think too, we, Dave and I, we can just go on and this on. This is the key, but this is gold. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really important if you have sons and daughters need this as well. I mean, daughters need words of affirmation. We all do as humans, but it is amazing of how we rise. You know, when someone speaks life, we want to become what they're saying. As our kids get older, it's really easy to stay in that critique mode of Mm. just critiquing them instead of asking God, God, Show me the greatness in my child. Kind of that Psalm 139, he knit them together in their mother's womb. Show me, Lord, what you put in there that I can draw out and see the gold. And that's key, key in the teenage years. Oh, yeah. I really think. I'm going to take that nugget and store it away. What I try to do in parenting now is I I try to remind myself to tell my kids who they are, not who I don't want them to be. Yeah, Yeah, that's great. Here's who God made you. You are generous, you know, yeah. so share yes. your toys. <laughs> you know, God has made you generous, you know, so we got little ones still, you know, yeah. so it's just like speaking affirmation over here's who God has made you to be. So live it out. When I was hearing you say that, I was thinking, I think a lot of guys will just go to where they are getting praised or right. where they do feel competent, yep. which is Without why we're really knowing it. Right. Yeah, my wife doesn't think I'm doing a very good job. Well, my boss does. So I'll just work 60 hours a week. Yeah. I'm seeing, you know, maybe tangible results. Maybe I'm even getting a raise. And then I can guise it as, well, I'm just providing for my family. But really, I think underline, there's a lot of guys who are like, I actually don't feel good as a husband and dad. Right. And I I feel good at work because my boss is telling me I'm crushing it. So I'm just going to go spend a bunch of time there or fantasy football or where, you know, where, whatever the thing is. Yeah. Video games. Like I I feel like I'm crushing it here. So I'm just going to spend some time there. So, but I do think you're right. Like a, a wife, most wives would never know that. 
that a husband is feeling that unless they're going to say so for we have a majority guy audience right a lot of dad's listening. So if you feel that, man, I'm just talking to a listener. If you feel that you got to bring it up to your wife, don't let 15 years go by in your marriage where you feel like your wife doesn't like you. And before you bring it up, you know, first of all, I just, I love spending time with people who are ahead of me in the game. What you guys, how you opened it up and described the lake house with your kids and grandkids. That is my North star. That's like every day that I'm exhausted and I'm counting down the hours till bedtime. (laughs) Uh, I'm thinking about that moment. Like I want to be on a rocking chair on a lake house with all my kids and grandkids and enjoy all the chaos and just see kind of the fruit of the, uh, the labor. But I'm curious from your perspective, when you look at my generation parenting, mm. w- what concerns you as you watch my generation parent kids right now, not just your kids, you know, parenting yeah. your grandkids, yeah. but like from holistically, and you guys have a lot of experience. You travel in the country, you meet a lot of people. Is there anything that's concerning you about the way that we're raising our kids? The first thing that came to my mind, which I mean, Dave and I are at fault is this, even in our marriage is our devices. Yeah. The the amount of time that people are spending on their devices and the kids as well. I feel like it's really sabotaging families Yep. and even that face-to-face communication. So, and, and believe me, we're around our grandkids to see we, we would totally give them something, you know, if they need to relax and give them an iPad and let them watch something, we would probably totally do that to survive. But in terms of uh, kids going to bed with them, uh, that concerns me because yeah. I think one of our richest times was reading, mm. talking, praying before bed. Like that's a real big one to me. What came to your mind? I mean, what came to my mind, uh, that's definitely yep. one of the biggies. When we do our family life today, podcast, we've talked to several authors about that. And it's, it's a different world. And it's pretty, you got to be very careful. But the first thing that came to my mind was I remember years ago, and I never did it. We sort of did it with our book, No Perfect Parents. But I remember thinking, I'm going to write a book called the 10 gifts every parent should give their kids Hmm. and or five gifts, whatever I didn't know. But it was this idea, the gift of adversity, there were Hmm. gifts you'd never think I want to give my kids. Yeah, I think, and I think our generation did it as well, but I think we underestimate the power of your child going through something hard. It's a really good thing. And I think we often rescue where we come in and we try to make everything so their life can be better than ours or easier than ours. And I think adversity builds character. I mean, we all know that and we say it, I'm a preacher. I preach that. But then when you watch your child go through something hard, it's so easy as a parent to step in and make it right or just figure it out for them rather than than stand back and go okay I'm going to I'm going to let them go through this I'm going to yeah. watch them go through I coach high school football here in in Michigan and I can't tell you the number of parents that would come in and be all upset that their kids not starting right you know and you just want to go I'm with them every day I'm not the worst coach you've ever met in your life he's not good enough but yeah. he's close yeah. Yeah. And if you let him work, he may earn it. But if you or one of our sons was a backup at the high school and one of his best friends, dad came into the coaching staff and said, my son should be playing. You guys are all idiots. Blah, 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 blah. And we're like, he's a good player. If he works, he can get on the field. He came in a week, two weeks later and said, we quit and they quit. Wow. And we want a state championship that year. And this kid In fact, at the lake house, we were talking to our oldest Mm. son that came up. He's like, yeah, Doug missed that because he quit. 
Yeah. And this wasn't the kid that never got on the field. He got on the field a lot. Right. He just wasn't a starter. And I remember when my oldest son of the three sons I had, he was uh, going to be the one that wasn't going to be the starter, you know? And mm. um, I remember, you know, I'm a coach. I want to go in there and figure it out. And I knew as a coach, he shouldn't start. He's mm. not the best player, but if he works, you know, and he did, he ended up by the playoffs becoming a third down rusher. And he came in and got some sacks and had some big plays. Really cool. And when the season ended, we had a little banquet with my men's group and we had CJ come over one night. These are guys that, you know, CJ has watched me, his dad meet with these guys every month. He said, CJ, Hey, we want you to come to this next one. We want to do something. And he's like, what for dad? You know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. just come. Yeah. And he came to it. And one of my buddies was a college football player to Iowa and he got two big trophies that were the same trophy. And he literally said, take this trophy, wow. let's make a new plaque. And we put a new plaque on there and it was, I can't remember what we called it because it's been many years, but it was basically the hard worker award, wow. the adversity overcomer type deal. And we gave it to CJ and said, dude, you could have quit. You didn't get to play as much as you would have hoped to. But by the end of the season, you were a key contributor on this team and you never quit. I mean, this trophy is like this huge yeah. gold football. And I thought that trophy is as cool as the an MVP, you know, an MVP. And yeah. it was really cool. That son, a few years later, our youngest son, who ended oh, yeah. up getting a full ride to play college football and then ended up in the NFL for a couple of seasons as a wide receiver. He got to his junior, actually his junior year at the same high school and had the number one team in the state the entire season. And they get beat in the semifinals. Oh, man. And what was really cool is that we didn't know this till later. Cody is his name. He drives over to the high school, you know, after the game and had to go to his locker to get his stuff. And as he gets off the bus, CJ, his older brother, was there. And he walks up to Cody and he gives him his state championship oh, ring. And he man. goes, dude, you deserve this more than I do. You're the best player Wow. And I mean, we didn't even know that CJ did that. I mean, Cody didn't keep the ring, but he gave it back to yeah. him. But it was like, wow, look at CJ who understood, you know, I was the kid that had to work super hard to get on the field. You were the superstar and you didn't get what you deserved. I did. So it was really cool to see how, how you, adversity how, builds yeah. character. Man, there's so many powerful things in there. Were you intentional at like cultivating that kind of sibling team aspect? Like, that we're so individualized as a culture. Yeah. Everyone, we're just, we're into the parents and the kids and we send them out and they do their own thing and we're kind of hands off. But I mean, were you that kind of gesture for a sibling to do? That's unique. There had to be some intentionality in you guys as parenting and the way that you guys raised them to really see each other as a. I wish we could say that yeah. happened all the time. I, I mean, <laughs> that's, that son really is mm. unique. There's a security about him and he celebrates everybody, which mm. is. It's really cool. Yeah. Now, let us share the other part of that story <laughs> is that youngest son also had a middle brother who was starting with him at receiver. Mm. And there was a lot of tension going on. That was okay. hard. Because yeah. they're both playing the same position on opposite sides of the field. One kid gets more balls than the other kid. Yeah. I'm one of the coaches. Dad, are you throwing the ball more to him than me? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's hard. Actually, dude, I don't even call the play. So, but. Yeah. So that was really a difficult, difficult navigating that. But, but I, I think one of the things I'd say, one of the things Ann brought to the Wilson family that I didn't have was a sense of family. I didn't mm. know what that looked like 
And so there was an intentionality from day one that there was this identity. We're the Wilsons. This is what this means. Right. We, you know, we work hard. We stay late. We're, we care for others. And again, each other. we're not saying like, man, our kids lived all that. Like, it sounds like, oh, you're just this perfect little family. It wasn't that at all. But there was an intentionality from day one to say, this is who we are. This is what we're about. Hmm. And try and instill that to remind them and us, you know, what the Wilsons are so that we could sit on a lake house someday as grandparents and go, man, look at what God did. I think one of the things we did, too, was uh, we celebrated each other's identity, God-given identities. Yeah, yeah. And saying, like, even from the beginning when they were little, I remember us saying, like, I can't wait to see what God has for you. Mm. Can't wait to see all the gifts that he's put in you. And they're like, is it a present? And I'm like, kind of. <laughs> well, you know, when you discover who you are and why you were made, that's a present. Yeah. And our kids were really easy to see their giftedness. Like that older one, he's just like crazy IT guy. So gifted in that, like crazy gifted. Technological, yeah. And we would celebrate that. Isn't it cool how God has made CJ? Austin was super artistic. He had a lot of different gifts. Cody's very athletic and a leader. And so we could celebrate that openly you know, I think some parents are like, oh, don't don't praise him because the other brother might feel hurt. But we were pretty open with praise and say, like, we can celebrate each other because God has given us different gifts. But I, it still made it hard in that football season. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I mean, think that I think that just goes back to what we we're talking about before is like when you're speaking that identity over somebody, they're rising up to who God yeah. has made yes. them to be. And then they're not searching for it elsewhere. Right. And it's okay. Like my son told me one time, you know, dad, I don't think I'm good at baseball. And I was like, I don't think you are either. <laughs> you know, like he, he, At that time, he wasn't that great. I don't even know. He hasn't played baseball. He's a great soccer player. Yeah. You know, he likes to play basketball. I'm like, dude, you, you do great at these other things. Like you're, yeah. you know, who cares? There's always going to be someone better that, but this is who you are, you know, and speaking right. yeah. anyway, that's good. I feel like I would do a disservice to the audience just looking at the subtitle of your book, No Perfect Parents, which we recommend every listener to go pick that up right now. But you say in there, you've got a secret to parenting that's going to change our parenting. So from a young dad or for a young dad like me, what's the secret? Or do we need to all go by the book to find that out? <laughs> yeah, you need to go by the book. Yeah. Yeah, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in many ways, the secret is the foundation of Jesus that, I mean, we'd have to start there. Yeah. Uh, that's what vertical marriage means. Go vertical. And then the horizontal can work. But if you don't go vertical first, same thing, obviously with um, parenting. In fact, the book was going to be called vertical parenting until the publisher got it and said, Hey, you guys talk a lot about not being perfect, blah, blah, blah. And mm. I think it's a better title, but we thought the secret was in, and there's many secrets and it, it's not a secret, but I think it's a very important question. Most parents we talk to, and we were the same way, have never answered, I think, a really critical question. And the question is this, what are you trying to raise? What mm. is your vision for when they're adult men and women, what kind of adult men and women are they? And again, any company, any church, any, you know, you start with the end in mind, what is the goal? And I think a lot of parents have never answered that. They just, you know, they sort of look at you like, Yep. Well, of course, we want them to be happy and we want them to be successful, popular. We hear different words. And then when you peel that back, you're like, are, are those really worthy goals? So we put in our book like a mission statement, like a like a goal. We called it a target. It's even on the, the cover yeah. of the book. There's this little target and you can notice all the arrows miss because <laughs> you're not going to hit it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. But at least, you know, 
sort of what you're aiming at. And we didn't put the Wilson bullseye in there for people to copy ours. We put it in there to say, here's what ours was. Make one for the Lopes family, you know, make yeah. one for your family. That's unique to you. But actually I think a high bar to say, man, if we could hit this and bottom line is you're trying to raise men and women of character, yeah. right? You want them to have character and Christ like character. So what would that look like? So ours was, you know, even if you read it, you're like, I don't even understand it. Well, it's because it's unique. Yeah, what was it? What what was your guys's specifically? Do you remember? Yeah, ours was to train and launch L3 warriors who make a dent where they're sent. So that's what I mean. It's like, what? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Unpack it. What does that mean? What did that bottom line? It's very simple. It's like Psalm 127 says that, you know, kids are like arrows in the hands Mm -hmm. of a warrior. So obviously it's like we're launching them toward something. So that's where we came up with the idea of a bullseye. And then Ephesians 6, 4 says, fathers, don't exasperate your children, but bring them up. And here it is training and instruction of the Lord. So as you look at those, you're like, okay, so we're supposed to train. That was our first word. So that's, that's our job. It isn't the Christian school's job or the church's job, although those are awesome and wonderful as assets to help us. They're partners with us. It's our job. If we're going to raise up warriors who know Christ, it's on us. That's what we're trying to do. So train and launch. Launch is just they're not going to stay forever. It is our job. I mean, as we as we dropped them off at college, we bawled our eyes off. It was sure. the hardest thing ever, but it's launching, you know, and as they went to their, got married in their job. And then L3 was simply a three words that we used at our church as sort of our values. As we sat down as a leadership team and said, what does a disciple of Jesus look like? We came up with love, lock, live. A disciple loves God and others locks arms in community, doesn't do it alone, but is in community and lives open-handedly. So it doesn't hold on to our our life or our treasure, our gifts, but we give them away. So L3 was, man, if our sons were men someday who love God and others, Mm -hmm. wow. That's like, I mean, that could be it. That'd be all it. But also if they're doing life in community, they understand, man, I need other men in my life. I need other couples in my life. And then if they were taking their talents and the gifts and their time and say, man, it's not about me. It's about blessing others the way God has blessed me. Wow. That's a good goal for us. So we're like, that's it. Love, lock, live. Warrior means they're in a war. It's a spiritual scent, you know, a spiritual war going on that they have that mindset that I am here to finally have an impact. And that's, that's just one of our sayings, make a dent where you're sent, wherever God sends you, Mm. that's your mission, make a dent. That was it. That was it for us. So we're saying, man, what would it be for you guys? Yeah. Figure that out. And then after you know that, then you work back from that and say, okay, if that's our goal, how do we get there? And it helps you make decisions. I love it. Our kids really didn't know that. Yeah. But if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it. And I, I really think mm. if we don't have a plan and you're not going to follow it perfectly, especially when your kids are little, you can barely do anything. <laughs> yeah. But just to have it in mind keeps you a little more focused because if we don't disciple our kids, the culture will. That's right. Yeah. we Like I said, you know, we just finished that lake house week. And if there's a dad tired, there should be a grandparent tired. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> man, oh man, were we exhausted. Yeah, we don't sit in the rocking chair, man. Yeah, we're on the yeah. boat. We're on the jet ski. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and when you're it's in the fine. middle of that chaos, you're like, who's thinking about a bullseye? You right, know? Right, right. 
but it does help frame every day. It did. I said to Dave after they left, I'm like, how did we ever spend time with Jesus when they were little? You forget, you <laughs> know, each other. I know. Well, you're begging him. What, that's what, that's what spending yeah, time with Jesus as a is. young parent, you're just begging him. God, please don't let me die today. Please <laughs> yes. give me the energy to like survive <laughs> another so day. True. Yeah. Prayers of desperation. Is my kid going to be a murderer? Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh man. You guys are so fun to hang out with. I, I really enjoyed our conversation. Next time I'm going to sneak my way into the lake house retreat and just come be a fly on the wall and listen hang out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be awesome. Thank you guys so much. This was a lot of fun. We'll encourage all the listeners go pick up both of your books, vertical marriage and no perfect parents, really, really good resources for, especially for us as young parents trying to figure this whole thing out. Thank you guys. You're awesome. Thank you. Yeah. We need to get you back on uh, family life today. You know, we're in Orlando now. I so do know that's that. A, that's and... a better trip. You can bring your family, go to Disney. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be there tomorrow, man. You don't need to say anything more. We'll talk, I'll talk about anything you want to talk about there. I'll make stuff up. <laughs> we'll do it. Let's do it. Hey, thanks yeah. for all you're doing too, Jared. We appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.